Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 41, the day after Christmas. We hope you had an amazing Christmas. Uh, I'm sure we did, but we're recording this before Christmas, so (laughs) we're just going to assume it was great. And this is the day that I'll be going to get a giant needle inserted into my hip. Oh, gosh. So we'll talk about that on the next show. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> well, I'm not looking forward to that, but I'm going I'm with neither. you. I'm going to go with you. Um, we did want to mention that uh, it, even though it's passed, we did get a chance to go out to Mimi's Community Theater. We've been yes. talking about that for a couple of weeks. And although the show is passed now, we went and saw Christmas Bells. It was hilarious. It was great. We got to meet with the um, the cast. And of course, they were awesome. And the whole thing was just all around great. Yeah. So really enjoyed it. So I still recommend that you keep an eye out for the next show that's coming to Mimi's Community Theater. Yeah, so actually, I have the show that's coming up next you right do. here. Because oh, I the, kept the, um, the program. program. Uh, so they have something in February coming up called A Hard Place. The dates are going to be February 21st through the 23rd, and then it's going to be February 28th, 29th, and March 1st. All right, we'll have to look that up and see what it's about. Yes. Awesome. And Yeah, they already have like the next three shows all planned out for next year so wow pretty cool they are very busy it's a great place we'll definitely go and see some more shows there yeah i love that you just see the regular you know there's a lot of people that are in almost every play yeah just tuning their talent yeah like dawn was in this one again and you know what was kind of cool to me sort of uh, on the the flip side of that is there was mostly people most of the cast of this new show were new yeah new to mimi's and some of them were new to acting and they all did great they did wonderful really impressive Yeah, it was a it was a cute show, definitely. Jason did a good do- job producing that show, yes, or director. Did. Is that director? He, did, uh, he, he directed it. Okay, yeah. directed. so he did a great job directing. Um, Don was great in it. Everybody was great in yeah, it. Yeah, he had some cool little touches, like to make it feel very Christmassy. Yeah. You know, um, I think you pointed out like those electric candles that look like they're flickering. He had those setting all up on the seal, the window sills. Yeah, and so it gave that very like Christmassy vibe, it and there. it was really cool. Yeah, in between scenes when the lights would go down, you really noticed that. Yeah. So that was Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Also, this weekend we did a little family get together um, with my son's girlfriend's family, and right. it was the first time we ever met. Right, and we did like a little gift exchange. That was really fun. It, it was, was like some joke, you know, like um, the swapping of the gifts where you pull the number. Yeah, I didn't fully understand the rules, but I think, I know the I rules think, are different in all households. So I think was, the way it works, and I like this idea. I think the way it works is. Everybody brings a gift. Just mm-hmm. make it generic enough to where anybody can have it. Yep. Put them in a big pile, and then they they divvy out numbers, and then you go get. They yeah. call your number. You go pick one out of the pile, and then you open it. And if you want to keep it, you keep it. But what you have the option to do is, I think, when it's your turn, as you get your present, you open it, you look at it, and if you like someone else's present better that opened it before you, anyone before you, you yeah. can take from and yeah. give them yours. The only person that doesn't have that opportunity is the first person because there's no one to pick from. So at the very end, when the last person is done, the first person has yeah. the option to pick from anyone. A, yeah, that's interesting. A so lot of was, families have that as a tradition, too, where yeah. they do something like that. We did that one year at um, 
at our family's house, remember my mom made like a, a decorated candy cane looking toilet plunger? Yes. Do you Is remember that where that? we got the gourd thing? No, the gourd thing was the prize for the ugliest sweater oh, that I bought right. at like a thrift store. We did. did we, we got the toilet plunger, though, I feel like. I think we did have that. That's too yes. funny. Yeah, we did like funny little gag gifts, and that was funny. And then we did something where I think we were like trying to pass them around real fast with the music. And yeah. when it was like, um, uh, musical what do you call chairs. musical chairs. Yeah. You pass the gift, and when the music stopped, that's the one you're stuck with. And then you could trade it with somebody. It was like a mess, but it was fun. <laughs> anyway, it was fun. And yeah. Uh, the uh, one thing I also noticed about uh, Cheyenne's house that is Austin's girlfriend's mom. Uh huh. That the she's got these creepy elves. You know, people do elf on a shelf, <laughs> but she's got these creepy elves, and they're like maybe three times the size of elf on a shelf, yes. hanging in positions all through the house, and it's really cool. Yeah. But it's also very creepy. They're all different. Uh, shapes and sizes and yeah. expressions. They're hanging upside down above windows and in little nooks and uh-huh. crannies. They're everywhere. And we can put a link to actually where you can get those from. Oh, it's okay. Peddler's Wagon in Eustis. Oh, nice. The That's, whole oh, I remember place that place. filled with the creepy elves. I remember those elves They're creepers. There. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it was really cool to see them there. Yeah. But I mean, it adds a really cool element to the decoration of the house, definitely. She oh, yeah. had that house Christmas, Christmas-ified. Oh, it was that's beautiful. a new word. Christmified. They had Christmas trees in almost every room. I know. It was really cool. Yeah. That's how I'd like Halloween to be here. I'd like Christmas trees at Halloween time in the rooms decorated with Chris with um Halloween stuff. That'd how be, cool that would that be? That would be a neat new tradition, as that we talked about last That would be a great tradition. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And Bags of Hope Central Florida had their um, Christmas event. Yep. Unfortunately, they had to move it to because of the weather today, yep. because we're recording on a Sunday. And normally the events are on Sundays. They had to move the the event to Saturday. Yep. And then unfortunately, we couldn't make it because we had interviews booked and other things yeah, booked. Yeah, we, we were out of town during the day, really. Yeah. But they had Santa Claus come on a fire truck. Yes, so all the kids nice. got to see Santa Claus. Yep. And then all the kids and teenagers got new PJs. And they just had an amazing event. So we are excited to help support them in any sure. way that we could. And sent our little goodies over there. And I'm sure they all had a great time. Yeah, I was sad to miss it. But uh, I'm, glad they, I'm glad they were able to do it when the weather was nice. And they yes. were able to spend time together. Yes, because today would have been not such a fun day. Yeah, we're looking out the window now. And yeah. it's nothing but rain today. It's gloomy today. Yes. It's, it's not the best day out for Florida. But, you know. Good day to stay inside. But by the time you hear this, it'll be the day after Christmas. So yeah. let's hope you're having a nice day still. It'll probably be sunny. Yes. <laughs> Or snowing, depending oh. on where you are. <laughs> yes. I forget that people listen to us that aren't in Florida. Yeah. You know, I got to remember that. We're not just secluded to this little... We've got a few... Uh, little local area. Yeah, you so know? looking at our um, uh, statistics, we've got a growing group in Canada that are listening to us, So, oh, which is, is very cool. exciting. But I know you're not having a warm time if you're up there, so <laughs> stay warm. Well, I grew up in Michigan, so I know. Yeah. I can feel that. And that's it. That is it for the inform. Nope. That is it for this and that. And you guys stay tuned because we have a really great interview coming up with another local author. Yes, she was is- so awesome. Oh yes, and um, a different type of author. Yep. So I love it. And um, so stay tuned because you are not going to want to miss this interview. <laughs>
guys. Welcome back to our community call out. And today we are in Melbourne, Florida, and we are in the perfect setting for our next interview. Indeed. We're at a local library. Yes. And we are so excited to chat with, with Miss Violet Favaro. She is a local author and illustrator of children's picture books. And thank you so much for joining us today, Violet. Yes, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm thrilled that you've asked me to be here. Of course. We love to support our local authors. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe just some personal stuff if you'd like to share, family, career, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, I'm a retired medical administrator. And I retired to stay home and help take care of my one of my granddaughters and my best friend who was ill. I have nine granddaughters. Wow. No Can't grandson. get a grandson in there, can we? we we've asked, we've prayed, we've <laughs> hoped, we've jumped up and down. No. No, doesn't no. work. But we know how to do bows and sparkles, so we're there okay. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, um, I say I'm a boy mom because I had two boys. And it's like, I don't know if I really would know what to do with a girl. Yes. I have one of each, so I can think uh, I can relate on some level, but <laughs> certainly not that many. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so there's so much girl drama, and oh, they're expensive. Yes. They Girls like, tend to be a little more expensive, th- You know, that they? starts from very early. I noticed, like, with my <laughs> son, does. you could buy, for 99 cents, you can buy a Matchbox car for a little boy. Uh-huh. There's not a 99-cent item in the store for a little girl. It's like it's just made that way from the beginning. Absolutely And if, not. if there is a 99-cent item, there's 50 other ones that you have to get to, to pair up with them, right? Like all <laughs> oh, those little yes. tiny toys. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And right now they are so into all those little toys that yes. just yeah. set up everywhere. Oh, the tiny. Are, are they into like the, I remember my daughter was into these things that would have like little tiny combs and little tiny pieces that yes, went with it. Yes, little popsicles yes. And, 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 and little coffee pops. I like the littlest pets and stuff. Remember? Yeah. Back no. Right um, now it's LOL. Oh, that's the new thing. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. See, I'm out of mm-hmm. touch. And Hold I, on. Is LOL, is that Lala Loopsie? No. Oh, no. Lala Loopsie went out like five oh, years so ago. My daughter's Man. 16, so I'm... <laughs> What do I know? I remember when the last American Girl doll went out of the house. I think she was in fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. And that that was a sad day for you, I I think. (laughs) Don't make me sad. (laughs) It's so funny that you say that with all the little pieces. I'm a horrible parent, I guess, because... I tell Dan this whenever my boys would get those action figures that had like the little tiny toy guns and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I would throw them in the garbage. Ugh, parents don't kill me. The things that make <laughs> no. Star Wars guys, you know, Valuable. worth so much money That's these a days. Travesty. I sure did. I got rid of them. I'm sorry. They were only allowed to have the action figures. <laughs> Oh, I told you, it's goodness. no good. So, what oh, are the age gosh. ranges of your um, granddaughters? Um, the youngest will be two in April, and the oldest is a grown-up. I won't say how old she is. Okay. She yeah, she's going to appreciate <laughs> this, yeah, right? I'll, no. ma- I'll maintain her youth. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Wow, so that is a huge um, it is age huge, range. It is. the uh, Actually, <laughs> we're a blended family. So mm-hmm. when I married my husband, our oldest granddaughter was our flower girl. Oh, very nice. So we have great granddaughters as well so in that nine grandchildren some of them are great granddaughters that's amazing that is amazing (laughs) it's just crazy to me that they're all girls though that is just i i know they're all girls this family was meant to just have girls like that's what it is oh my gosh and it's just uh, i bet it's fun though it is oh my gosh it is so much fun and each of them are so different 
from the other. You know, they're each unique. Oh, sure. That's great. That's great. Well, so this might actually tie in. I suspect this might tie in. But can you tell us when you wrote your first book and what your inspiration was to write that first book? Yeah. So uh, my first book is Silly Yaya. Right. And I'm Greek. And the way you say grandmother in Greek is Yaya. Mm -hmm. So... This is like in the olden days, not now, where you can go on Amazon and just find everything. But I was thinking, you can't go into the Hallmark store and get a picture frame or a coffee cup that says Yaya. Oh, true. You could get one that says... Grandma. Right. More traditionally. Right. And so I was talking to my best friend, and she said, yeah, you can't even get things that say Nana. No. Hmm. Ooh, light bulb. (laughs) I said, well... I'm just going to write a book about all these unique grandparent names. Oh, what a great idea. That's amazing. So I started talking to friends and, you know, what is your grandparent name? What do they call you? And, Mm -hmm. you know, where did it come from? And how did it generate? And The story behind it. Yeah. Which is real cool. So I just sat down one day and I wrote the book. And then. Wow. Yeah. And then after that is when I started talking to everybody to to get the names. So there are 50 grandparent names in the book oh wow i didn't realize yeah, there was that many there are in there. 50 yeah. yeah so and that wasn't purposeful it just came out to be that number and in the book it talks about sometimes the name you call the grandparent is from ethnicity such mm-hmm. as mine sure yeah yeah uh sometimes it's the name that your the parents told the child this is loopy right yeah uh, I, because one of my dear friends, uh, her grandchildren called her Loopy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's another cool one. I've never yeah. heard that yeah. either. Yeah. Oh gosh, she was the most unique, amazing person. It was just a perfect grandmother name for that her. That is a cool name. Uh, and then sometimes, uh, for instance, my husband, um, my granddaughter Lisa, they said, "This is Grandma," because she called me Grandma, and this is Grandpa, and she would say Bobis, and no, no, Grandpa. Mm, Bobbis. Oh, I love it. So, yeah. So his name is Bobbis. So, so the book yeah. talks about that. That's so. great. Oh, like kids' brains. Yeah. Just well, convert. I was going to say, it's normally the first grandbaby who gets to name the grandparents, right? Because, right. like, my mom wanted to be called, called Nana, and she got her the little charm and everything, and then my son started talking, and he said, Nina. Yes. No, no, it's Nina. And that's what it is. Once that, it is, and that's what it is. That is to exactly what this book is about. It addresses that very scenario perfectly. How that it sticks once it sticks. Yeah. Well, I recently found out that we're going to be grandparents, Yay. and we came up with we actually came up with our grandparent names uh, sitting on the couch one night. And this being a grandparent was the farthest thing from my mind because you know I'm like no, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, and. We were just talking one night, and I came up with my grandparent name, which is Grangie, because my I name's love Angie. It. Love it. And I got to give credit where it's due, though. Yes. My son came up with mine. He did. Dan Pa. Is, is, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love which it. Which is hilarious. So yeah. I think once we came up with those grandparent names, then I was at ease with becoming a grandparent. I'm like, okay, I could do it now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. It, makes, it, it kind <laughs> of it weirdly makes it seem more fun. I'm inclined to be excited about it anyway, but I know that some people get like that weird. I'm 
I'm too young to be a grandparent thing when they first go there, you know? Right. Well, technically, you know, women are having children at my age just with their first one. So I'm like, I, I don't know if I want to be carrying a baby around right now. Because <laughs> right. people are going to be like, oh, you're your baby? No, <laughs> this is my grandbaby. <laughs> I don't know about right now, but when I did the research, when I wrote uh, Silly Yaya, right. the average age to become a grandparent is 50. Oh, Wow. See, yeah, so I'm, so I'm closing 40, in on that. I'm 44. Yeah, so, so that's yeah. A, a bit young, but you know, we're getting not so much. My, my son's 25, though. So right? That's yeah, about that the works age. out perfect. That's yeah. an interesting statistic, though. I'm assuming you did all kinds of research for this kind of stuff. I I did. Yeah. I sure did. And I want you to be aware. Yeah, that that grandbaby may just darn well change I your know. grandparent name. So <laughs> yes. I really I want hope you to not. Be prepared but... <laughs> for that. Yes. Oh, that's true. But they're allowed to. That's, they are allowed to. You know, that's we true. Just, we got to really when they're over at the house, we just got to really, you know, no, pronounce like this. But we'll accept it. If you they know, change it, it. <laughs> that sounds so simple. Like that's easy. I'm going to make that happen. Right. But just wait. <laughs> oh, I know. What, yeah. I, it happened with my uh, the first grandchild on my side of the family or my dad's side of the family. Called called my mom uh, Mimi. Yes. And, and that stuck. Yeah. I know it's a common one, but it that is. one stuck. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because we just had the conversation with you here about how the kids decide that. And then we immediately said, this is what ours is going to be. <laughs> so <laughs> that's do. a great point you have. <laughs> we should say this is what we hope ours will be. Right. Now there's a saving grace yep. on the last page of the book, Silly Yaya. There's a special spot to write your special grandparent name. Oh, that's I the love way. it. Then you can force it if you, yes. if you really, Let's really. Read this book again. You can Let's read force Silly it. Yaya yeah. again. <laughs> or you can try. That's a great idea, though. So I was talking to Dan's sister. I ran into her the other day um, out doing some Christmas shopping, and we got on the subject. I told her I was going to be a grandma, and she, so, she was so excited because she's... She's baby crazy. Yep. Alicia is. And she said, oh, yeah, we have our, I have my grandparent name picked out. She wants to be Lolly and she wants um, Danton to be Pop. Lolly and Lolly Pop. Pop. So, How cute is it? So. Oh, that's a good, I just got that. I'm slow. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> hey, I have a, a pretty decent following on Instagram. Right. And my page is about being a grandmother and mm -hmm. about grandparenting. And uh, so, grandparents give me the grandparent names all the time and they will not be the first lolly and pop no <laughs> oh really yeah super cute though yeah Whoever oh came no up with it's, that it's is, beyond adorable yeah. so silly yaya seems to be a reoccurring character in quite a few of your books can you tell us a bit about the character and and how you hope kids will connect with the character well great question thank you so i wrote silly yaya and um my grandkids say to me, that's why we call you silly, Yaya, because <laughs> when you're a grandparent, you purposefully do silly things to yeah. make them laugh. Of course. Oh, and, can't wait. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I would do cartwheels in the yard with them. And, you know, how many grandmothers do cartwheels? Oh, that's oh. that's going to be yeah. me. Oh, so, I'm wow. the adventure. I'm the adventure. Yeah. That's what I, I just said. don't think I can do a cartwheel. <laughs> Well, you could try though. The trying part is what yeah, makes them can, laugh, right? The, the worse the cartwheel is, the, the better. better they like it. Oh, that's true. That's the point. Oh, very true. <laughs> so anyway, that's you know where the silly grandmother character came yes. from. Right. So I wrote this book, and that was it. And my son said, "Mom, don't you think you have another book in you?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> and he was like, "What about our tradition of family Sunday dinner every Sunday?" And I was like, "Oh." Okay, so I was Get like, well, that should be easy to write. I'm just going to 
write the truth. Just, I'm just going to yeah. write like what happens in my life. So right. I did that. And that was my second book, Sunday Dinner at Silly Yaya's. And cool. so this character then developed. Yeah. This grandmother course. character, which right? Which is you, so she's, basically. It, which, which is me. <laughs> so she's gone from that book to being, you know, this grandmother that does cartwheels on the cover to the second book where she's gathering her family mm-hmm. together at the dinner table and cooking with the grandkids and, you know, just trying to bring everyone together. We yeah. uh, do problem solving. We At the dinner table, we talk about what's going on. We talk about our upcoming week, you know, what is everybody doing? And, and everyone's nice. too busy. You do this every week? Every single Sunday. That is wow. amazing. Yeah. And how many people are at this table? It varies between eight to 28. Okay. So, wow. <laughs> so you yeah. have a big kitchen table. I have a big dining room table. Okay. I do. I have wow. a very big dining room table. So your your second book is about this dinner and yes, about everyone getting together? Mm-hmm. It is. It's about everybody getting to dinner and it says everybody's so busy with soccer and dance. Sunday's the only time we have a chance. Uh, oh, I did yeah. a little rhyming and, in there. Yeah. I love it. And, and isn't that true? But isn't it's that true. the case? Oh, and if the, sorry, that's why I'm impressed that you guys do it at all. Every Sunday. That's, that's a commitment to family, which and, is great. And- and truth be told, it is burdensome for me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I a don't lot of work. feel well. Sometimes I've got lots of things going on, but it's important for everyone else. And so I make make it a priority. Yeah. Now, some of my grandchildren uh, are older, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody has their own life now. But at one point when they were young teenagers, they would bring their friends, their boyfriends. Uh, oh, they would be playing soccer before Sunday, some of the uh, our adult kids. And mm-hmm. then they would bring other people coming. From the it, game. And- yeah. Oh. And it's like the neighborhood probably got... Um, invested in this, like, well, oh, I get to go over to Silly Yaya's house. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. So, I need some of that yummy it, Greek food. Yeah. We don't always have Greek food. No. But 99.9% <laughs> of the time, we have a Greek salad with dinner. All, All right, right. Wonderful. Yeah. So, we're trying to carry on some of those Greek traditions. Yes. I but, love it. Oh my gosh. Sometimes I'm like, what am I going to cook on Sunday? You yeah. Know? A lot of Costco shopping. No, 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 not really. My <laughs> husband, my husband's retired military, so we we have we're fortunate to have a base here, and oh, so nice. I shop at the commissary Very frequently. Good. Oh, nice, Very good, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, and then sometimes uh, the older grandkids come and help me cook or prepare. And uh, one of my granddaughters is uh, for years was just the. Uh, doing dishes, a wizard, you know, and so oh, every, helping with the cleanup. And every, stuff. It's always nice to have one of those around. <laughs> everybody, everybody helps with the cleanup or preparation or doing something. You have to because sometimes it's just too enormous to yeah. do it by yourself. You're, you're teaching a great tradition, though, of bringing the family together and, and prioritizing I, family. Yes, and I yeah. think a lot of us need to do that more because we are all so yeah, busy. If, if you're not doing it, and and listeners, if you're not doing that, there's study after study that show that your kids are going to make better decisions if they eat dinner with you, if your family is eating dinner together. 
Yes. You're, you know, we problem solve and there are no cell phones at my dinner table. Oh, I love oh, it. Yeah. We, we're kind of like that. Yeah, we, we I'll do. make a little bit of an exception at the very beginning and the end of eating, but during eating, no one's allowed to be on their yeah. phone. Well, and, and his daughter will, Rachel will actually even say something to us if we pick up. I thought we weren't looking at our phones. Yeah, she'll so, correct And she's us. 16. Oh. So, yeah. right. Well, you've instilled that in something. her. Something. Yeah. Now, the exception <laughs> is when we get into a hot topic or a discussion oh. about something. You got to Google something. And somebody's <laughs> got to Google it to yeah. find out what the answer <laughs> Who's is. Who's right. <laughs> that is great because I think what you're teaching you, the younger ones and as they've grown up and become older is to be able to talk to people of all different ages and communicate with a group, a large group of people, well, obviously. And, and at my own dinner table, I'm seeing a decline in, in the own my own family. I'm seeing a decline with the increased use of the phone. So before we eat, and after we eat, they're in the phone constantly. Their their communication skills are yeah. not what they were when they were younger. They've this actually is a, this is a nationwide thing. They yeah, right. Yeah. It isn't right. It's everyone's yeah. family. Their yeah. com- communication skills, for the most part, have declined. Yes, and they there is as a, they've gotten older. Isn't that? Oh, yeah. terrible. Think there, about that. There's yeah. a uh, there's several studies out there around. Uh, I hate to generalize because I am a huge supporter of millennials, for the record. Um, but there is some research out there that suggests that those sort of interpersonal skills are generally harder for this generation than anyone else before. And it becomes uh, a very valuable skill for employers if they're looking to hire you, if you have the soft skills, because so many people don't now. It yeah. used to just be a given with any job. I know. And it's, it's. I don't know what we've done. With the gadgets. Yeah. yeah. I don't, you and know. We love gadgets. Like, yeah. oh, you my, know, oh, we my really gosh. gadget people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Me too. I use my phone all day long. I'm, yeah. I'm marketing but and doing do, research right? for my books. Yeah. But, yeah. but we need to look at each other in the face and talk to each other. I not totally agree. agree. And I love what you're doing there. So speaking of your books, to bring it back to that, when you wrote your first book, did you know that you were going to be the one who illustrated it? Like, have you, you always been an artist that way as well? So I had no intention of illustrating it at all. My friend Ellen is an award-winning watercolor artist. And I oh, thought, well, oh, I'm nice. just going to have Ellen illustrate it <laughs> for course. me, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, Ellen has like a three-year waiting list for things because wow. she's, oh my gosh. That good? She's amazing. Yeah, you need to check her out, ellenchapitart.com. All right, we'll put a link in the show notes to that as yeah. well. Um, but anyway, so no, Ellen couldn't do it. So I was like, what am I going to do? My son's like, mom, do it yourself. I'm like, what? Oh, did you draw before? <laughs> yeah, I've drawn and painted my whole life. When I was in uh, junior high school, I had uh, one of my charcoal sketches at the University of Connecticut displayed. And oh. uh, So I'm surprised you didn't just think at the yeah. beginning it would be you that did it. No, I no, I had no desire. I didn't have time. Right. I just, yeah. I didn't want to do it. Sure. So... I did it. <laughs> so, now, is this the same son that said, are you going to write the second book? Yeah. Is it the same one? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's like my cheerleader. Oh, my that's awesome so cheerleader. That is awesome. So this is what was tough. I wanted it to look like a little kid had drawn it. So it's really hard to draw wrong. Oh, that's gotcha. interesting. Think, yeah. of, think about it. It's, I might even be able to do that. <laughs> it's really hard to draw wrong. Yeah. So yeah. I had to draw like a little kid did it, but still 
not. So my uh, followers send me messages all the time that toddlers love that particular style and walk around saying, read Yaya, read Yaya. Oh, yeah. they probably feel like they, they identify can draw with it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think so. And they say, you know, they're pointing to the different grandparents in there and saying that that's their grandparents. So there's something about that style. Oh, that's mm. perfect. Yeah. Okay. And Silly Yaya is my biggest selling book. Actually, it's an international seller. I sell it all over the world. Oh, that is so that's great. That's amazing. Yeah. That is awesome, awesome. It's exciting. Well, let's chat about Unky Monkey for a second. Oh, Unky Monkey gosh. lives at the zoo. Unky Monkey. Um, and this book has gotten some great recognition, which I know you're very excited for. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. So Unky Monkey lives at the zoo, was named Amazon's number one new release in its genre when it was released. Um, oh, I, that's so awesome. Isn't that great? I literally almost felt fell down on the ground. I just couldn't believe it when I found Anything that, that out. number one in front yeah. of it, you're like, oh. I was like, what? Are they sure? Are they sure they mean me? Or, or do they, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So I wrote that for my brother. That was his birthday present. I had never intended it to have commercial success. <laughs> oh, so I have to know about this book. You wrote it for your brother. How old was he at the time? Um, I think I wrote it for his 49th birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he is the Unky Monkey. He is Unky Monkey. So oh, so I, this is just clicking with me too. Unky is uncle? Correct. Okay. So, so my son used to call him um, Unky instead of uncle. Right. right. So just like grandmother names are unique. Yeah. So we're uncle sure. names. So he called him Unky. So... When my uh, brother had was not living in the area and he had moved back to Florida and my son was going to take his daughter to meet Unky. And so they said to her, we're going to go meet Unky. And she said, monkey? No, no, we're going to go meet Unky. Monkey? <laughs> And then wait, what's going on? No, it gets even it gets even crazier. They were meeting at Bush Gardens, which has a zoo. Oh wow. (laughs) So this book was like meant to be, I'm telling you. (laughs) They meet him there, and so he tells them, you know, park park here. Well, because that's where he was gonna be parked, so they'd be close. And then they were hungry when they got there, and so they went to eat, and so he knew where to eat. And so like the next week, and I'm I'm thinking she was three, maybe four, uh, I said Lucci, where does Unky live? Unky Monkey lives at the zoo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she that... named the book. This is great. So so we would say, no, he does not. He live you met him there, but Unky Monkey lives at the zoo. Okay. <laughs> she was not Got having it. it. <laughs> she was And it's yeah. the best place ever. <laughs> and so we would just ask her constantly because we thought it was hysterical. Yeah. So I'm like I'm going to write a book that, for him yeah, for a birthday present. That is amazing. And so he would call me and he would be like, well, why are you so busy? You're not working on another book. Well, I was. I was illustrating his book, but I couldn't, couldn't tell, him, tell him, right? Him. He has no idea. Oh, right. Gosh, you know, and great. so I've got it sent off, the editor, the whole thing. Yeah. And so we have his birthday party. Of course, it's Sunday dinner because we celebrate everyone's birthdays right. during yeah. Sunday oh, dinner. Oh, okay. That's and, when you do that too. Yeah. Okay. And he lives on the West Coast of Florida. So he came for the weekend and I decorated my whole dining room with monkeys. 
cookies and all this stuff. You know, everybody knows. Yeah. Oh, and I had a book launch. That's right. It was the weekend of my book launch for Sunday dinner at Silly Aya's. has no idea. <laughs> this is but, great. I yeah, love it. yeah. So I that's how it. I made sure he could come. He'd come for the book launch yes. and for his celebrate his birthday. Right. So he opens all the other presents, and everyone's getting him uh, birthday cards in the. The cake, I had Publix did the most amazing job. They did the f- cover of the book for oh, the cake. So great. it said, happy birthday, Unky Monkey, and <laughs> instead of Unky Monkey lives at the zoo. Uh-huh. Oh, with the cover of the book. <laughs> with the cover of the book, right? Wow. I just changed it and sent yeah. them the file so that they could do awesome. that. Yeah, so great. he opens all his presents. Of course, mine is last. He opens it and he goes like, what? <laughs> and he, he looks at it and he's like, what? <laughs> and then he he oh. opens it up, and if you read the dedication I wrote to him, and he's like, "You're what are you go doing? You're making me cry." And oh. whatever was just it was amazing. yeah. And then of course, so we're all crying because <laughs> it was like I couldn't have if I had a million dollars and and had given him a gift, it could never have been that Topped kind it. of a, a heartfelt it, gift. Right, it was yeah. more important to him than that. that yeah. Is, yeah, hopefully somebody recorded that. Oh, yeah, we have it. On, it's oh, recorded. Yeah. Yeah. That is so awesome. Yeah, that was amazing. That's kind of like Dan, his first book he dedicated to me. And Aww. he says in the first page, um, the first book was always going to be for you, Angie. And oh, of course, so you know, when I read sweet. it. I had no idea that was coming, and I'm just like, you got me writing again, of course. I know. That was oh my so gosh! Sweet. So, and but to have the he wrote the whole book for him. Uh, that's yeah, amazing. And um, yeah, and so it that's the book I read the most when I do school visits. There's no ending to the book. Does Unky Monkey live at the zoo? That's up to the reader. So the reader uses their context clues, which are all in the book, yeah. to figure out if he lives at the zoo or not. You know what that I love about great. your books, and I haven't even read them yet? They're all inspired by your family. Yeah. And That's the events great. in your life. Every single one. That is great. That Well, you have a large family to be inspired well, by, right. too. And, so. and people say to me, how do you come up with the ideas for your book? And I say, my real life. Yeah, it's right in your face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I probably have 500 more books. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> so I have a question. As a, a writer and an author as well, I'm always curious to ask this or to know this. How do you market your books? And have you changed your marketing style from when you first started to now? Do you have different tactics that you use? Oh, yeah. So so when I wrote Silly Yaya, of course, I thought that was the only book I was ever going to write. And I remember saying to my husband at the time, as a matter of fact, we talked about this this morning, um, because this month when I checked my book sales, it's the largest month I've ever had. Oh, great. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. And when I wrote Silly I I said, if I sell 100 books in my lifetime, I'll be so happy. And this morning he says to me, remember when you said that? And then then remember when you said, if I ever sell 100 books in a month, I'll be so happy. He said, Mm -hmm. remember when you said that? That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's like I told Dan, if you even sell one, it's like you did it. Like yeah, to me, you're sure. an author. You yeah, did something you did it. That you were wanted to do and, and are proud of. And but you have to think of this: there are three million books for sale right now in the world. In the world. Yeah. So the fact that anybody chose to purchase your book 
is a numeric miracle of in course, itself. It's huge. Yeah, I'd love to think of it that way. Yeah, That's no, amazing. Think, think of it that way. I do for sure. And I think I, so. I think it's important to piggyback on what Angie just said. I think it's. I always feel like a swell of gratitude when I sell a book. I get so excited when I get a notification like yeah. the KDP royalty yes. or from my own site even yes. more. But. I don't think it's um, a lack of being grateful. I think your scope grows. It's just normal. Your scope yeah. is going to grow. Well, yes. When I wrote my first book, to say I knew nothing would be an understatement. Oh, yeah. I knew nothing. Um, and I find Relatable. Out, and I find out every day you know, that I'm learning more and more about marketing. Yeah. But what I did was built a community with like-minded grandparents. And oh, that's, that's how my books sell. And if you're just genuine of heart, yeah, um, people are interested. Yeah. I don't do paid ads. Um, you know, I just things sell organically for me from building that community. And when you say the community, you mean just from people buying the book and the community growing? Right. Well, just my followers on Instagram and Facebook. And okay. I have a yeah. grandparenting group on Facebook as well. Cool. Um, oh, that's so smart. Yeah. A grandparent to nine grandchildren. Yeah. yeah. You should run one of those. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've, you know, yeah. Gosh, we've had a lot of things with nine grandkids. Yes, some good, yes. some bad, some messy, you know, because that's how life is. Oh, life, of course. Yeah. yeah. Very. And so I spend a lot of time, though, marketing uh, on social media and yeah. interacting. Yeah. So I share recipes. I share hints. I share sayings. Yeah. Um, on my Facebook page specifically, I share a lot of studies about kids and reading and books and parenting. So it's not right. just, oh, that's brilliant. So it's They're not getting just, something from... It's not buy my book, buy my book, oh, buy my book. Oh, no, I seldom... Like, right now, this time of the year, you know, I've done things, and, and one of my new books... I had some excitement with, so I've been sharing a lot of that, but it's probably six or seven posts that I'm sharing studies or a recipe or something else before I'm saying anything about my book on my grandparenting group. Yeah. I've never mentioned that I'm an author or that I have books. So people will find it, find you if they're interested in you. And you know what? Right. I can attest to that because I have purposely tried not to use the platform of our podcast to market my books too much. We will mention them here and there, but they've yeah. gone up just because of, I the, guess, people. Just the podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. they find our podcast. On our podcast, we both have little blurbs about what we do in our personal life. And I've seen an increase on people visiting my social media. He's seen yeah. an increase. So they're generally interested in you. Because of the podcast, which right. I think is really yeah. great. And I've um, recently been helping some newer authors than me uh, with uh, their Instagram and some things. And, I, and I'm telling them, you have to be genuine. If you're opening that page just to talk about yourself and sell books, then never mind. Then don't, yeah. don't bother. You have to be genuine with That's everything great. that you do and say. People can see through it. When even, you say genuine, even when it's on social media, you yeah. can. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of co when, yeah. when you say genuine, do you also mean just, um, so? because to me, genuine means truthful yes. and honest about, yeah. but, but are you personal on that oh, page? Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody says a comment to me, you know, about something, I'll answer them back and they'll be like, oh, you answered me. Well, of course I answered you. Or if I see that somebody has written, and, and I came across one of these this morning, and sometimes they, I actually cry when I read them. Oh, and wow. think, wow, I hope just one of my granddaughters can love me 
as much as you've loved your grandmother. I'm even getting oh, cherry-eyed wow. about that. Well, somebody yeah. will write a post because their grandma has passed. And as soon as you become a grandmother, you'll understand. I'm going to understand. Yeah. That's there's, what my mom keeps telling me. I'm sorry, I'm getting all weepy, no, but I've, there's nothing greater than the love of your grandchildren. You just, yeah. it, it'll happen. It's a magical kind of love. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, what she tells and, me. <laughs> and when I see somebody who's lost their grandmother and, and write something like that, I start talking to them yeah. and I tell them, yeah. you touched my heart and, and I'm, and my heart is broken for you. And I'm certain by what you wrote that your grandmother knows that you adored her. Wow. That's what I mean by being genuine. Wow. And I think that, uh, I think most people, when they respond to a site like yours, maybe they think somebody else is managing it and they're not going to get the, the person who is behind the books actually reach or behind the actual um, yeah. site talking to them they think they're going to get somebody just responding to to text you know last night a teenage boy had posted a picture of these cookies he made and i was like oh my gosh can i have that recipe and he was like you know dm'd me and he was like wow yeah you want my recipe and i was like yes i would love your recipe oh that's (laughs) amazing i can't believe it and And what a confidence booster something like that is you know because for a kid to be even the kitchen nowadays is a rarity and then you're reaching out as somebody who probably knows how to cook great yeah i want your recipe (laughs) yeah he might go on to be a chef or a a baker you know amazing absolutely and it's time consuming and and you know and sometimes i just put a smiley face or i laugh or there'll be a particular picture of a baby who my god has the biggest blue eyes you've ever seen (laughs) and you're just like oh my god i've just got to say oh my gosh those are beautiful blue eyes and so it's just a true interaction of who I am and, and how I feel. I love that. Yeah, we like too. that. We always talk about that. Just genuine. Be well, genuine on and, on our show, you and, know? Yeah. And that goes back to this little thing that I have always done. And my granddaughters have said to me, why are you doing that? I'll be in Walmart or Target or somewhere and I'll see a lady and I'll say, oh my God, I love your hair. Oh my God, I love your shoes. Maybe today she needed that. Yeah. I, what happened to her this morning that that made the difference in her day? If you think it, say then it. say it. I'm, yeah. and, and so my grandkids, they're used to me doing that now, but yeah. they would be like, yeah. why are you talking to that stranger and telling her you like her shoes? So you yeah. know what's funny, Violet? We do this on probably every fourth or fifth episode of our show. We've been saying since the beginning, as we wrap up the show, we say, what can you do to make somebody else's day better today? Sometimes maybe it's something huge, but sometimes maybe maybe you don't have a lot of money or you don't have the ability to go help them, but it could be as simple as a nice gesture, holding the a door, smile. saying they look nice. I mean anything. So yeah. I, I love that because that's our philosophy is that, I mean, when some think about your own life, when someone says that kind of stuff to you, sometimes you just feel like, wow, man, people are awesome. And yeah. it's, and it would be great yeah. if everybody acted that way. Yeah. And even if you weren't having a bad day, it sometimes it makes you want to repeat that same behavior right? Or, or remind you that, oh, I haven't done that today yet. Yeah. Right. Because it can be a it, reminder carry to it yourself. Forward. Yeah. Absolutely. And I yeah. feel like it's also um, back to that sort of self-serving thing. But the more you do that, the more you're going to get that kind of thing in life. So mm-hmm. that's funny you said that. So in traffic, I always, every single time, always let cars out. Same. Who, wait, guess what? Always, every single time I need to get out, somebody lets you out. Someone lets me out. Yeah, I have a policy where I'll let one, maybe two, but then we got to go. So I feel like well, if everybody lets one, we're good. You know, right, I don't want to no. talk about myself when I drive. 
<laughs> I am a different human being, and it's something I'm gonna, that I'm working on. I'm gonna have to edit all this out. No editing no, just that. Kidding. That's I'm, being truthful. Totally Everybody kidding. knows this about me, yes. and I just—it's my <laughs> flaw. I have to calm down and work on it. And it's my—it's—it's it's a That's work fair. in progress well, for I, my whole I, life. I can tell you that Unky Monkey. <laughs> It's the same issue when oh, he drives. Okay. <laughs> I can so, identify with him. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned a couple examples of this, but it seems like you try to incorporate more than just reading in your books and that you put sort of a thing in there to help children become more engaged or encourage them to use different skills. Can you give some more examples of that without giving the book away? Well, yeah. So my mantra is raising readers one book at a time. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And when I go to schools, I feel like when kids meet an author, there's that some connection. And maybe that's the kid that was borderline that you turned around now that they love books. They met you and you were encouraging and you touched them and you signed a book for them. And I, I, yeah, it's like a, it's like your celebrity almost. It is. Them. I've yeah. gone to inner city schools where the kids have told me they have no books at home and I raffled off 35 books and I stayed and signed each one of those books for each one of those kids and held Amazing. their hands and it took forever. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, but, you made an impact, but though. but I know mm-hmm. I know that meeting me made an impact on at least one of those students' yeah. lives, and and I feel probably more. But even if it's just one, and, right? and I feel that way about all the schools I go to, whether mm-hmm. the students have money to purchase books, you know, when I leave, or they or they don't have anything. Um, yeah, I just feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. So in my books, all books try to teach a lesson or a little bit of yeah. a lesson anyway. So the, the, of course the silly Yaya book is the, the bond between grandparent and grandchild. The book is about more than just the grandparent name. Yes. Uh, Sunday dinner, you know, that's a pretty obvious message I'm sending there. Value um, of family. Yeah. yeah. Unky yeah. monkey with no ending, which by the way was. I love that. My, by the way. That was yeah. my, my two granddaughters in Delaware. Hi Kayla. Hi Hale. That was their <laughs> idea. We were driving to the apple orchard. Um, and I was like, I just can't get the end for this book. And, and they were like, don't give it an ending. I was like, I love you. That's brilliant. Ending, it'll be up to the reader. But there's context clues in there. Is Unky Monkey really that smart? Does he really live Uh there? Or can he read all those signs, all those clues? And when I do a school visit, we have uh, coloring pages and word search puzzles. And that one's actually a STEM visit because I uh, send the teachers animal fact sheets and we go over all the facts about the animals. How long are giraffes legs? How much does an Indian elephant weigh? How much does an African elephant weigh? Wow. Um, does a zebra have black stripes or white stripes? I uh, love it. You know, did you know a koala has fingerprints? You know, so we go. I, I did not know that. So thank you <laughs> for teaching. Well, I'm not just saying this, but I, and I know they're books for kids, <laughs> but I want to read them now just because. Yeah. Uh, well, we got to get them all because we got grandbabies. Yeah, yeah. That's so, right. you know. and then and then my uh, fourth book, Gracie's RV Misadventure, is my first early chapter book. So about the end of first grade, kids pick up a chapter book from the library at school. And I got a chapter book, and they're hugging it to their chest, and they're so excited. But they can't read it. Right. They really yeah. can't read it. I remember it. with my kids. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Right? You remember? I remember reading the books to them. Yeah. yeah. So this is like that step from picture books. So it's 78 pages. There are black and white illustrations on every single page. And this is about a dog who's been on an RV misadventure with Silly Yaya. <laughs> the Can I dog, ask where that one came from? Yeah. 
you just wait. <laughs> you're you're going to go, this cannot be true. So Gracie, who is the dog, uh, who was my dog, my real dog, by the way, and she has uh, gone to the, the Rainbow Bridge, and that's why I wrote the book about her. Oh. Um, she was a character. <laughs> she lost her blanket, and so she's going to retrace her steps from the RV trip to see where she lost her blanket. And so along the way, she's sharing her misadventures of things that happened <laughs> like wow. a snake around the ice machine at the campground oh a goat who came and took a shower with silly yaya in the campground all of this is true <laughs> oh my god this is the most amazing I, life ever i, may, I can't really wait is. i want something like this to happen i may i listen all you need to do is get an rv you yeah, won't be talking going about to. It. okay <laughs> you couldn't even imagine the things that are going to happen to you i'm so excited but and so gracie is a very dramatic dog she mm-hmm. uh, was an italian greyhound and they're very anxious dramatic dogs yes. so yep. Uh, this is a fairly new book for me. I think I've only read it to three or four schools. Um, and I do PowerPoint presentations. Uh, so we talk about anxiety and drama and you would be so disheartened to know how many kids have anxiety. It wouldn't surprise me. I had it in school. Mm -hmm. And so I, I asked them when I'm doing my presentation, who in my audience is a drama queen or a drama king and their hands go up and I give them crowns. They all oh. wear oh, girls, boys. <laughs> and then and then we get to the, all right, that's drama. And then we get to anxiety because in the book, Gracie says, I have a tummy ache. My fingers are tingling. I can't breathe. These are all signs of anxiety. Sure. Uh, and then we talk about that. And the kids will tell me, this is what happens to me. This is how I feel. And the first time I did it, I was stunned. Every single teacher walked up to me and said that was the most amazing thing ever. That not only did you talk about anxiety and drama, but you had the definitions for the kids and they and they all interacted with you yeah. about how they felt. And then I told them, if I get anxious, I get mean. That, and they yeah. were like, Whoa, my husband's like, Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what's Why are you looking at me, Angie? <laughs> Is me and my mom were just talking about anxiety and how I mean the world is littered with it today. Yeah, I definitely right? still have it. And um, what I like that you're doing is me and Dan have also talked about this about um, when you bring people together that have suffered a trauma or something, especially children. They see they're not alone. Right. So you're letting these kids know they're not alone, it's and okay. now they look yeah. over and go, oh. That person, right. they, they don't seem like they have anxiety. They, have a, they get a bellyache too. It isn't just me. Right. Right. And so now so what happens is this book has so many things in it. It's teaching them how to formulate a plan when you have a problem, like losing your blanket. Right. It's also teaching them, God, how am I going to go to sleep tonight without my blanket that I sleep with every night? Mm-hmm. How to cope. How to cope. That's yeah. right. We have forgot our children to teach them how to cope. Yes. Yeah. Um, and... I'm not going to tell you if she finds her blanket or not in the end. So <laughs> I, to read it. <laughs> you've spurred me into a couple other questions. The first question I was going to ask, pretty simple one. Were you involved in teaching prior to doing your books? No, I just think it's from just being a parent and a, a grandparent. And a, grandparent. Yeah. And, and a few of my granddaughters suffer from anxiety and a, a few of them have pretty significant anxiety. Yeah. yeah. And Did you have to learn to identify with that? Like, uh, No, I feel like we've maybe failed them early on with, you know, being able to identify it now, you know, we know pretty well. And, yeah. and, yeah. and, uh, the, the youngest one that has it, I think we we talk about it more and she does breathing techniques and, 
um, she even helps her mom if her mom gets anxious with breathing. Okay, mom, I want you to breathe it. You know, Aww. that's so amazing. Yeah, and so I don't know. Maybe I was a teacher in a in a previous life. Yeah, but just, I just, just think seem, it comes from grandparenting. Yeah, yeah, it could be that you just seem very uh, well tuned in to what the kids need. And yeah. the other question I was going to ask is, when you go to start your books now, are you are you sort of developing what the lesson, what you want the lesson so, to be? That's so. Interesting that you asked me that because I was just talking to my friend Jamie, um, right. who's an incredible author who who I know that you're going to interact with. Sure, um, we were we were talking about that, and now when I'm writing a book, I'm thinking about its markability and whom I'm going to market it to and what the lesson plan is. Right. So the the Gracie's RV Misadventure early chapter book. There are two other books that go with that that aren't available yet their second book's almost done third book's still in the works um yeah about what kids are going through and yeah. and, and to yeah. give them an, an outlet to say hey i can talk about this because i'm not the only one who has that you know yeah. there were 300 other kids in the audience and a hundred of them raise their hand. They get, yeah. they feel that way too. And it's okay to feel that way. And so the next uh, book is uh, Gracie's Great Rescue. And it's about Gracie getting rescued from the shelter. And one of the pages, uh, she talks about where family after family walk past her and don't choose for the dog. And she's saying to herself, choose me, choose me. I can be the one. Oh. I'm good enough. That's a heartbreaking so this story be, too. Th- but this would be a great um connection for foster kids yes. maybe kids yeah. in foster care Ab- absolutely or, or kids who don't feel like they're good enough or pretty enough Gracie wasn't fluffy and didn't have long droopy ears like the other dogs you know why so, would they choose her so yeah. it almost seems like your first couple books you you didn't write with the lesson in mind but then you made a lesson out of it and yes. now you're kind yes. of doing it at the same time yes absolutely that's, that's awesome. i love it yeah. me love too it. so i love the quote that you said uh, um that you have on your website raising readers one book at a time have you always been a reader yourself and if yeah. so what's your favorite genre or your favorite book that you've read over and over so, again so i'm an avid reader um, when I was a kid, my mother would say, put that book down and go outside and play with the other kids. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> relatable. relatable. You <laughs> understand? Yeah, no. Um, and uh, my granddaughter, Mia, is, uh, oh my God, she's just like me. She's worse even. She's such a bookworm. But yeah, I've always loved to read. Um, when I was a kid, I would read anything. I mean, anything. anything Any genre, I, I read the entire set of encyclopedias. Wow. Any, mean anything, anything I could read. I read the Bible from beginning to end. Now, as, as an adult, I've read that five times. Yeah. But I read, because we didn't have a lot of stuff, uh, we didn't live near the library where I could go a lot. Just yeah. had to reread some yeah, stuff. Yeah, my life was just not where I could, you know, I mean. You didn't have easy access I read to Nancy that. Drew sure. a lot and just whatever I could read. Um, now I like uh, mysteries. You know, cool. I like, that's what I like to read the best. In the summer, I like to read those easy beach reading. Uh, Dorothea Benton Frank, who uh, just passed a month or two ago, writes amazing easy beach things from uh, uh, South Carolina. And that's country. mystery stuff? No, that's easy beach reading. What's, what does easy beach mean? Easy beachy stuff. The kind of books you pick up to you read when to you're at the too beach. Much thought right, into, not too right? much thought. There's oh. there's always a romance yeah. and okay. you know, the books you wouldn't be reading. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm the girl. guy at the beach that's reading a very complex book and can't concentrate because of the noise. No, no, that's I don't want to read that at the beach. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah you just want but, something that takes you somewhere else. Yeah, you don't have to be figuring yeah. anything out in yeah. it. Yeah, my favorite book too probably is uh, the art of racing in the rain. Oh, but I ten, wanted to read that. But one. so that came out ten years ago. Yep. So I was reading that while my first dog that I ever had as an adult, Bella, was dying. Oh, no. And all I did was cry and cry. And I still have that book. I have it like it's in pristine condition, and I'll never be able to get rid of it. There's It's just like I'm bonded to the book with what I went through with yeah. her. Um, and I know the book has kind of been re-released, and they've done a movie, but it is exceptionally written. Oh, it's I'm, a I've fantastic yeah. book. I've got to read it. Put it, it on the list because and, he and lately it, has been struggling. He's like, oh, I just, I can't find anything I'm really into. And, and you know. if you, and then it's even better if you've ever owned a dog. Well, well um, I've owned a dog. We don't currently have a dog, but we have dog fever. We're trying we not to buy fever. a dog yeah. until our house is done. Yeah. We, want a, we want the the attention to be on the dog. Not right. Anything yes. else when it's time. So I understand. we have to be ready, but yeah. we see dogs and we're dying. We're dying yeah. inside. But I'm telling you. Like yeah. most people are with babies. I'm like, Oh, can we, can yeah. we just do it now? Yeah. That, yeah. that book was great. And then when I want to feel intellectual, I read historical fiction. I love uh, Ken Follett. Have you ever read Ken Follett? I haven't. I don't think I've read any historical his, fiction. His books are at least three inches. Now you know uh, I wouldn't go for that one. Yeah. So <laughs> so my friend Barbara, who does all of my editing, kept saying to me, you need to read this book. I'm like, oh, God, I don't like that stuff. Okay. I took it from her. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, my God, I love this book. <laughs> I had no idea that I loved historical fiction. Wow. And just for clarity, for those that don't know, historical fiction is book that's based on moments in history but it there are stories in it that, you, that we don't know were true they're made up stories but right they're in the- so right so that so world war ii happened right right that really happened the 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 generals and the prime minister and all those people are real mm-hmm. and the 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 fiction part are the players that they add to the story yeah 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 and there's some kind of story going on in between right that. but what is amazing is I learned so much about history that I didn't know. And I think if that's how we taught history in school, people would be into it. That's Kids right. would love history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we were just talking about that, especially if they could like interact somehow, like put on a presentation where you're acting the parts out of the story or, or something. If you added those arts in a little more to learning, kids would learn a lot. Well, yeah. I, I, I can uh, relate. Like, we would learn a lot more. I mean, anybody does, we, I think. We can't teach in the same style we taught 25 years ago. I this isn't the world that we live in. It's not more. from 25 years ago. Kids Te- need to move teaching, and be stimulated. Teaching yes. needs to be progressive. Yes. Yeah. And kids, are, I think if you have smart kids, and I feel like I have smart kids, they know. They're, they're astute and observant enough to know that a lot of the things they're taught mean absolutely nothing once the exam is this done. This is going to do nothing yeah, for me. Yeah, it's just they for this know. testing scores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real yeah. quick on the historical fiction thing, I guess the best example I have of that in my life is uh, the Old West is very interesting to me. Oh, I love Westerns. And I never knew much about the history of it until I saw, I didn't read it, but I saw movies that were based on like Young Guns yeah. or uh, Tombstone where it's all true history but there's a lot of conversations and events in right. there that didn't yeah. happen so i agree with you if it was taught that way isn't, oh. isn't it amazing yeah. i mean you i was just like 
Wow. Yeah. Because history books don't bring you back there. They don't put you in a conversation. No. Yeah. And so the Ken Follett, one of the books, and I apologize, I can't remember the name of it, but it was about females in the French resistance. Oh, see, I would probably like that. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. And it was such an amazing book. So this summer we were blessed to be in France. And we were driving through the French countryside to Bordeaux, from Paris to mm-hmm. Bordeaux. And as we're going through these poppy fields and sunflower fields, off in the distance, you see these hundred-year-old farmhouses. And cool. I could see the soldiers there as we drove past. Wow. I could see wow. everything that I'd ever read in those books happening in those fields. Yeah. Wow. Which you wouldn't have probably done from just straight uh, history. Absolutely yeah. not. I could that right, story I, put right, you there. I could mm-hmm. see those female resistance fighters doing the things they were doing. I yeah. could see all that happening and that cool. only happened because of reading historical fiction. Wow. wow. Yeah, maybe a new uh, genre for you there. Yeah, no kidding. Now, if it's that thick, not for me probably. I'm if sorry. A book is good, I'm a I don't wimp. Care how thick all, it is. All I'm a of, wimp. All of Ken Follett's books are not that thick, okay, okay. but, but oh, some of them that's are. a little better. <laughs> but seriously, I was so close to that genre. Really, open yourself up and yeah. try it. Yeah, I will give it a try. I will. I'll email you the name of, I think, the okay. first book that I read. and I The think, one with the French resistance okay. with the female sounds interesting. Okay. Yeah, like, that does that sound like catches, something. Yeah, because I'm like, mean. I'd be there. That'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> I could put myself in that setting, you know. Right. So you talked a little bit about the new story that you're working on. Um, do you have an idea of when that's coming out? Um, I kind of put that Gracie book on hold, the, the second chapter okay. book, because I felt like I had this emergent need to write a book about my grandfather's immigration from Greece. Oh. And so I just wrote, and it's, kind of historical fiction in a children's picture book. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, that just came out a few days ago, actually. Oh, wow. And it was named Amazon's number one new release and children's immigration books and Amazon's number one new release and children's social sciences books, which, of course, immigration is a social science. And what's the name of that book? Pete Comes to America. Very cool. All right, so we're going to put a link in the show notes to that one too, but that sounds that does sound so like historical it, fiction. It's for so kids. it's so amazing. So I wanted to honor my grandfather, mm-hmm. and immigration is such a hot topic right now. And, Indeed, it is. And yeah. immigration's like a dirty word right now. Uh-huh. Nowhere in my book did I use the word immigration. Yeah, it Smart. just yeah it, but. How did we all get here? You know, in 1910, in 1910, my six-year-old grandfather came on a ship with his family. Yeah. He didn't speak English. Right. Right? Yeah. And then he lived the American dream and made an amazing life because of his bravery and my great-grandparents' bravery. I'm here right now doing this podcast with you. Had they not been brave enough to make that ocean crossing, I wouldn't be here. Like, we... Can we even put ourselves in that situation? Because none of us have probably been in a anywhere near the. Um, what am I trying to where say? You, where the you environment, would put that. like the travel here right. in yeah. 1910 on a boat. And life how and much death. Is and, life and death. And yeah. this is my first book that I had to do research on. Yeah. Even though it's a children's picture book, I needed all of the facts to be correct. Yeah. yeah. Everything had to be 
Correct. Well, you're a truthful person. So you're wanting to make sure those kids are learning the truth right. about and I, that. And I wanted to honor all yes. immigrants. Of course. Yeah. So I did not have time to illustrate this, nor did I want to illustrate it. And one of the reasons is because it was too emotional for me. It was mm. too, even though all my other books are about my family. Yeah. Sure. Um, I worship my grandfather like you you just couldn't believe. He was the kindest, gentlest man ever. He sang at my wedding. On my first wedding anniversary, he came to my work with flowers and sang, and oh, sang wow. Laura's theme from Dr. Shivago in front of the waiting room full of patients, all the doctors oh, in the wow. office, everything. Oh, wow. You know, this was an amazing man. I could not illustrate this and give him justice. So I have uh, an amazing illustrator named Chrissy Schramm in Canada. Uh, Chrissy Schramm designs, and uh, I gave her a hard time because <laughs> you had a vision for what you wanted it to I be. I had a vision of what I wanted the book to look like. Uh, I sent her many, many pictures of my family, mm-hmm. um, timepiece, actual. My grandfather was from the island of Lesvos. I got actual pictures of the costumes from 1910 in Lesvos that they wore. For wow. her to draw, everything's authentic. Wow. Um, so a lot of research. I gave her yeah. a tough time. And she'd send me something. I'd go, no. And she'd send it back. And I'd say, no. And she'd change it back. <laughs> and I'd right. be like, you this. No, she did an amazing job. And yeah. you and, challenged her, though. And I did. And she wanted me to. And she saw the book being done in very muted colors. Which was appropriate for the time, 1910. Yeah. Imagine if we wrote this book and the we used bright, bright colors. primary colors. It doesn't look, even go. It yeah. would look absurd. It, right. it wouldn't yes. go. She, her vision was perfect, um, wow. just absolutely perfect. And I'm thrilled in it, in, in part, that it's gotten this number one uh, is in part because of her brilliance in interpreting my story. Yeah. So you've, you've had a few number ones there. That's pretty I, amazing. It's like the stars aligned. For I you. know. I like, I'm like, so, I know when it happened, I was like, what this book? I was, you know, and I was like, my grandfather must've tweaked something up there in, in, the, in Greek heaven and made that, oh. and made that happen for That's me. Amazing. So, yeah. And so, you know, so being Greek, it's honoring my heritage. Uh, I'm, I'm also a vendor at Greek festivals. And so that's just another thing that I can offer. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and it's probably uh, very well appreciated, too. Yeah. Well, it just came out. So we'll see. We'll see how see it does. What, right? We'll see what happens. Well, yeah. I hope it does well. I'm sure it Thank will. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yes. So, yeah. So maybe I'll write another children's uh, historical fiction book. Okay. Maybe a series <laughs> Maybe too. it'll be the, the new way. Yeah. They're only 32 pages. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but maybe it'll be the new standard. The maybe. Te- learning teaching. history from these books. Maybe. That would be amazing. Maybe. All right. Well, as we're, we're starting to wrap up, I want to mention that Christmas is right around the corner. And as Angie and I've talked about in the past two episodes, Christmas for us is, I'm super excited for Christmas. I'm a total nerd for Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. I think I'm more excited than the kids. He is. Yay. Um, <laughs> but for me and for us, I think it's always been, at least as an adult, it's always been a lot more about what we can do or give to other people more so than what we get. Mm-hmm. And it's largely about the traditions that we have in our family or between our families. You've already given some examples of the tradition, like your Sunday dinner. Can you give us some other examples of maybe some of your family traditions that you guys look forward to every year? Oh, yeah. So the list is probably long. At, yes. Christ- yes. at Christmas. And I this, would suspect. And yeah. this, is, this is happening tomorrow. Is Silly Yaya's cookie and crafting extravaganza. 
Wow. Wow. That sounds like a sounds (laughs) like a full blown event. It is. So I have my grandkids, I have friends' grandkids, I have neighbors. I'm like a surrogate grandmother, a surrogate Mm -hmm. yaya to a lot of kids. Um, so we bake cookies and we make crafts and it takes hours and then we have pizza delivered and we eat pizza and then we eat some of the cookies that we've made and we always have a theme. So I'm a Grinch crazy Grinch person. Uh-huh. Right. Oh, well, yeah. you guys can <laughs> like, like I have a Grinch shirt on right now. I see now, that. Right? That's awesome. So I my, have three, my PJs are Grinch ones so for every year. Three mm-hmm. pairs of Grinch pajamas. Oh, there you go. She has more me. <laughs> yeah. I have a number of Grinch tops. I've got Grinch shorts, Grinch socks. Oh, nice. Uh, I have three Christmas trees in my house. One is a standard tree. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a Grinch tree oh, oh wow. that's and, what angie wants to do yeah with house. all grinch decorations oh, that so i've cool. collected over the years um, oh, wow. and then the, oh, i have a, my husband has a tree uh, with all kinds of colored lights and and uh, other crazy things on it so yeah so we have this cooking crafting extravaganza so last year's theme was the grinch uh this year's thing theme is ugly sweater she themes things like I yeah. do. Oh, yes. Angie <laughs> so loves to I have to have things. themes. So, so I have found that for the rolled out sugar cookies, it makes more sense to pre-bake the cookies ahead and let the kids decorate them. Yeah. So They're not having to wait. Um, I think Thursday, yeah. Thursday night, my granddaughter Mia came over and we did uh the ugly sweater Chris uh, sugar cookies we uh-huh. pre we you know pre-baked those and those are all ready to go to get decorated cool. tomorrow and then the everybody's kids, wearing ugly sweaters right yeah I hope so I better hope the weather is cooperating <laughs> uh-huh. that it's not too hot and then we have all these ugly sweater crafts and things that we're gonna do so we that's have amazing. a really good time and that house gets trashed there's just stuff oh, everywhere so you do this, yeah. you do every year you do this too then. every single year oh that is so great that is awesome yeah now, do you guys spend Christmas Day at your house? Everyone comes to my house on Christmas Day. I figured your house is the gathering yeah, spot. Yeah, my house right? is the gathering spot, yeah, for That's all awesome. holidays. Yeah, and, uh, you know, my son has the bigger house, and everyone's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to your you house. Know, no, yeah. <laughs> we'll get just, lost in there. We won't be able to be together yeah, in one area. It just, yeah, I think we, it's also probably just the... It's the, the tradition. Just, right, it feels mm-hmm. right to be at your house. Yeah, it's just, right, it's just how we've just always done it. So right. That's amazing. Yeah. That is. Well, we'll be starting some traditions with a new little one running oh, around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, Christmas yeah. is about the kids. It's about giving yeah. them the gifts and seeing them. The op- excitement. Open them and, yeah. Yeah, and it so for us it stinks because they're all getting older. You know, yeah, more than half of them are older now, yeah. and so um, you gotta wait for the next round. And the, the youngest ones are in Delaware, so yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So it just and the makes older it ones, hard. it's like gift cards, yeah. so they can pick their own yeah. stuff. Out, you know, yeah, it's not that as exciting yeah. to open a gift card not, to me. Not anyway. happening. They're not getting gift cards. No, yeah. no, nope. you're like not no. happening. <laughs> nope. So now for the birthday, maybe, but no, not for Christmas. Yes. I, I've bent on that one because I cannot pick out clothes for teenagers. I've decided. Yeah, yeah it doesn't work. I would much rather not give the gift cards, though. I'm with well, you on that. it's okay if you give a gift card, like if they want some specific clothes, as right. long as there's some other things happening. I, I agree. Yeah. Totally yeah. agree. He, yeah, he tries to get. A gift card for Christmas is no fun to watch somebody open, you know. No. Right. Woo-hoo, gift yeah. card. Right. Yeah. It's like, wow, there was so much thought went into that. Exactly. <laughs> or wait, I ran to the store 20 minutes and I wrapped it in the car on the way because exactly. I didn't know what to get. Right. No well, thought process Dan behind Fox it. Dan got a homemade gift from me. 
this year. I don't know so, what it is yet. I know you I can't don't. comment. You can't comment. Yeah, you cannot. And then our family did, my side of the family did something a little different this year. So we, instead of gift giving to each other, we um, everybody picked out PJs for a local organization that we work with. And we donated the PJs and we did some little goodie baskets oh, up and I stuff like that. that. Yeah, so that was so great. Yeah, everybody felt good about that. And we did too. That yeah. was, was great. And love, I think that should be a new tradition yeah. for us. And oh, teaching the little ones I love too. That. That, yeah, I always buy a gift to give on. And then I think it was two years ago at Christmas, there was a needy family in our lives. And, and, and I bought a lot of their Christmas gifts because yeah. if you're fortunate, that's what you're supposed that's to do. Supposed we to had give. that conversation on the way here you're today. Supposed to yeah. give to yeah. others, and I don't know about you, but I get way more joy Us seeing too. somebody open something and it, that's been spectacular for them both or made the us, difference in their life. Yeah. Then, I was talking. And about both that. of us are givers too, yeah. instead of receivers. So it's harder for us to receive. Like we would rather give. And like, I and I have so many people in my life who aren't givers. You yeah. know, I know people who aren't givers. I, that we do that too. like yeah. what? You never donated and gave. You have yeah. when I had nothing, you know, and when I was young and I was a single mother and you know, there were yeah. years that I had nothing. I still gave. Yeah. You can scrape off a little. Yeah. That's what I was taught as a child. Yeah. yeah and I think uh, for me, I guess I was sort of taught that as a child. I don't want to make it sound bad for my parents, but I think as an adult, I've discovered that giving to my kids and my family is super fun. It's great. It's exciting. I love it. But giving to people that really need it, because let's face it, the things we give our family, they don't really need that stuff. We give it to them because right. we want to see joy. Right. right. And but bring you, them happiness. When you're giving stuff to people that really need it, it, it's a whole different feeling that it you is. get that is like, uh, you're, yeah. you know, you feel like you're really helping their life right. versus that and, moment. And I think our society now, we've kind of progressed where yes. people are doing more of that, yes. acknowledging that there's a need and helping people more so than maybe it wasn't as commonplace for us to do that 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, I sure hope you're right on that. I think it's moving in that direction. Yeah. Definitely. Because um, when we started this podcast, the whole purpose was to hold ourselves more accountable and being more involved in the community because we said it a lot. Right. But we it. weren't doing it. There right. was no action. Right. You know? Right. And so that was the whole idea behind the podcast um, is to, you know, find organizations. And I'm telling you, once you start getting involved in that, they're all around you. Yeah. There's and- not a lack of organizations to give to. So, in, in your um, community, what what are you involved in? Are there organizations so, you yeah, like to give so, to? So we specifically right now just talked about Christmas giving, but um, I'll try to say this without getting all weepy-eyed. So the book, Silly <laughs> oh, no, okay. Yaya, that I wrote, you know, talking to my girlfriend. Well, my girlfriend passed away from ovarian cancer. Oh. And if you can notice in the book, there's a teal ribbon. Yes, there is. Yes. Which is the ribbon for ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. September is National Ovarian Cancer Month. Every September for the last four years, I've donated 50% of my profits for ovarian cancer research. And that is amazing. To, let me give you the organization, the NOCC, the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition. And they're... Uh, addresses in Dallas, Texas, I believe. Um, cool. And we'll put a link in the uh, yeah. In the show so, for that as well. so what I do during September, you know, I make a little announcement with the book that fifty percent mm-hmm. of the purchase goes to that research, and then 
I blast my social media with the signs and symptoms of ovarian mm-hmm. cancer. And I'm uh, disheartened to have to tell you that my sister-in-law mm. just passed the week before Thanksgiving of ovarian oh. cancer as well. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Ovarian cancer is very sneaky. It's a monster. It's very sneaky. Most so, women don't know it is until it, so, it is too and, late. And mm-hmm. the symptoms are... Very sneaky. Yes. That's what I was going to ask. So, you said you, you blast your media, your social media with yeah. it, but is it easier to detect if you know what to look for? Or is it not I, so much? Well, that's my hope, but it's so tricky. It um, really is. It, so for any female listening to this, when I give these symptoms, she's going to say, oh God, I have every one of those. Yeah. Bloating. Every woman in is the world is mm-hmm. bloated and has yeah. bloating. Right. Uh, change of bowel habits. Yeah. Urgency to urinate, feeling full. Oh, so I could see everyone freaking out. Yeah. Lower back pain. Normal. Okay. So how do you do that? So what we need to do is educate women so that when they go to the doctor, for instance, my uh, sister-in-law's case, she was not just bloated, she was 25 pounds bloated. Oh, yeah. And it's... and the doctor never did the most simple test to find her ovarian cancer. Oh. And by the time the appropriate tests were done, and yeah. this we is, have to speak up. And this right. is no blaming on physicians. Sure. Yeah. It's just that it's such a sneaky symptom. It really is. Uh, yeah. Tree that it's just yeah. difficult. All women have these symptoms, yeah, right. at some time or another. And we and, need to pay more attention to our bodies and, as well. Absolutely, and really, when we notice something is off, and we've we got to it, press. And, and we say, need to not say, you know, I'm too busy. Next week, I'll get to that, or I'll pay attention to that we do next that. week. And we do do that as women. And so you can't take care of your family if you don't take care of yourself first. Oh, That's so right. true. And generally, yeah. ovarian cancer by the time it is diagnosed. It has spread it's and it's too late to be yeah. in a curative state. So research, research and research, maybe yeah. some tests to help find it earlier. Yeah. Education, you know, maybe more women need to have different kind of visits. Yes. And more frequent visits. More, frequently. more frequent visits. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that fundraising is one arm of the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to help with education, you know, because a lot of the times they're trying to get brochures out and get that education out there so that people right. are paying more attention right. to it. Yeah. yeah. So well, I know it's hard for us when we have to talk about stuff like it that, is. but we want to get it out there. Though. Yeah. I'm sorry I got weepy, but it's just no. so it's just no. so fresh. Yes, yeah. that is very fresh. And and you know what though? It can help other family members. Yes. Yeah. To start paying attention. This runs in my family, and now I need to take this a little more seriously. And us women, you know what I right, mean? Right, right. And or, the women in your family, because we, right. like you said, how we are women, we put ourselves last, and we go, Well, no. there's so many things to do. Yeah, yeah, there's so much to do. Nope, the baby's got to go to the doctor. Nope, the, you know, and yep. we do. Hey, look, I'm a woman. I know I do it. I've yeah. been yelled at for sure. it recently. And I've, look, even <laughs> as a man, I put off things for physical for things, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'll check next week. When you said that, it rung for some of the things I've been through myself yeah. where I've waited. Waited. You shouldn't waited. have waited. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when you're on an airplane... And the oxygen drops down. You have to put it on yourself before you put it on your child. Yes. I've always had a hang up with that rule. I yeah. know, but but 
I know but why. This is it, but yeah. you can't take care of your child if you haven't taken care of yourself. I That's a great analogy. It really That's is. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> with that note. <laughs> well, Violet, I, so, so thanks so much for sitting down to talk to us. Um, oh I know gosh. we had to cover some of that serious stuff, and I think it's important to talk about to raise more it awareness. Really is. And maybe we can get together for next September, and I'll put a little note. Yeah, where we that can would be do fabulous. As well, on our social media, oh, I'd love that. So we're hitting it from two different directions. Thank you. That yeah. would that you would know? mean the world to yes. me. I would love that too. Um, and good luck with your books. It seems Thank like you're you. doing really well. Oh my I'm gosh, excited I'm having them. so much fun. Yeah. I know. I can't wait to get one, get it signed for the Baby. <laughs> I can't wait to read and them in myself hope now. That Grangy and Dampa stick in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can start out with that anyway. We're gonna write, we're gonna start with the hopes. We gotta write go. those names the in there. The hopes and dreams. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All this, right. Well, well this has you. been great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, and it was a pleasure. Thank you for having really me. Was. Thank you. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the information station. We all love getting the perfect greeting card from someone. What's even better is getting one that you know was handmade with love. If you are a card crafter, have you found your crafty happy place yet? Our friends at My Favorite Things carry the highest quality crafting products that are different from the rest. Their dynamics and stamps are fun, fresh, and unique. You can find all your perfect crafting supplies at mftstamps.com or visit the My Favorite Things boutique in downtown Eustis at 132 East Magnolia Avenue. If you stop in to shop and hopefully find your new crafty happy place, make sure to let them know that you heard about them from It's All Fine and Danji. All right, welcome back to the information station. We hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Violet. We thought she was amazing and uh, we hope you did too. She's been very successful, if you couldn't tell from the interview. And uh, it's almost like she, she was just cut out for this. I know. Like you asked her, has she ever been a teacher? Because she just seems like that's her gift, right? It, it what really, she's doing in the schools and stuff. It really does. And I think of the books that I read to my kids when they were little. And I did it every single night. I'm not trying to sound like father of the year, but I really liked doing it. Yeah. So it was almost self-serving. Um, and that kind of stuff where it's like um, Unky Monkey and then you figure uh-huh. out at the end, does he does he live at the zoo? I thought those kinds of books, you know, there was a few books, not that many, that we would run across that Engaged were stimulating them. and engaging yeah. and made you think and made them think and drove conversation. And I just love it. And I, I hope she just continues to be wildly successful yeah. with this. Well, I'm going to get all those books for my grandbaby. Yes. Right? And I want to read them before we review them. Yes. Right? Yes. And then... Um, and then I'm going to get lots of advice from Silly Yaya yeah. because she has nine granddaughters. <laughs> so guess what? I'll be reaching out for some advice you know because the- I'm a boy I'm a boy mom, you know what I yeah. mean? So I got to be, remember that girls act a little different and I, I got to kind of mold myself to that, well, right? She can give great advice. Of course, I can give some yes, because I've can. raised the daughter too, but not that many. And I think uh, you could just tell by talking to her, she's really got a handle on how to do it right. Yeah. And her investment in her family in terms of just time every Sunday you know, I don't, I don't know Every if any Sunday. of us, I don't know if any of us could really set the bar that high, but it does inspire me to 
try to make sure and take some time with the family as often as possible because we get busy. Yeah. And and it's very common for us to say, ah, we just can't make it. We'll have to try another time. Yeah. Or we'll be there for an hour, but we got to go. And, you know, and before you know, we, you know it, people are old and gone. You yeah. Know? And, but we had even talked about with doing this with the kids. Remember, we talked about once the house is done, we really wanted to start a monthly, it won't be every week, but a monthly game night. Yeah. Where we pick a game. And then it can be, you know, a board game. It can be charades. Yeah. Just something fun to just kind of loosen up and start that tradition. And keep you in touch with each other. That's yeah. the thing. I, you know, because when she talked about the fact that she does that every Sunday, it made me think, you know, the things that your family's going through, that whether it's the kids or the adults, mm-hmm. um, you kind of don't know about it if you're not. And, and people aren't always open to talk about that stuff but yeah. if you see them every week you're they gonna are talk gonna about be. it you're gonna mm-hmm. talk about it so you know who needs help you know who doesn't you know who wants to come help you and the struggles and the successes yeah. and you can just share all that stuff with each other in a way that i feel like you can't do yeah. if you're not in touch with each other that much and you know what i love too is when you're bringing a, a larger family together like that you yep. have all different ages all different experiences in life people yeah. experience love loss bullying yeah um struggle in school i mean whatever it may be right and so you have you know older ones giving younger ones advice older ones learning from younger ones right right i mean that is a very that makes people very well-rounded agree and if you think about and i don't want to go negative but if you think about some of the horrible things that happen mm-hmm. um in, in schools and just in society, I can't help but think that, and I'm not a psychologist, but I can't help but think that, you know, these kids or these people, they went through a lot of internal struggle and issue. Maybe some of them had mental issues. Maybe some of them didn't, but it was more depression or anxiety mm-hmm. or feeling completely disconnected from everyone else. And I can't help but think that being in contact with your family every week allows you those opportunities for the older kids to tell the younger kids, you know, I went through some stuff too, or it's really going to be okay. Or why don't we get together? If it's weird for you socially at school and you feel isolated, maybe let's go do something together. Yeah. Um, And so I, you know, I, it just seems hugely beneficial yeah. across it's teaching the board. empathy too. Yes. Right? Because of course. you're that's your family. You love your family when you see somebody struggling, especially in your family. Yeah. You have that empathetic Of course. um and that compassion come out and that will help you in the real world too right. to and, apply that to other people. And it also goes back to the idea of living your life in uh, you know serving others and mm-hmm. um it sound that to me I've heard that so many times in my life and I always thought that sounds terrible like I'm going to be working all the time for other people but it, it that's really not how it but feels. But you're a giver though so that wouldn't feel like that to you. Yeah, I don't think. It, yeah, it it doesn't. And I think um it feels more important is what it does. It doesn't, uh, sometimes I feel like people that are always doing for themselves, mm-hmm. it's a hollow thing. You know, yeah. all you get out of it is material stuff for the most part. Yeah. Um, but Violet talked about the benefits of kids eating a family dinner together. And as we're going through some of those things that we kind of detect or feel it would do, there's also research out there Mm -hmm. that says or or sort of outlines that younger kids who engage in dinner conversation have increased vocabulary and an average of a thousand rare words that they um, are exposed to at the dinner table. That is very interesting. So rare words, that's probably like 
not normal words they're exposed to if they're just you're reading to them. Right. It's so it's um, and I know I'm guilty of doing this and probably sounding like a nerd, but um, my mom when she would drive me to the orthodontist every couple weeks. I don't know if she did this on purpose, but she would. There'd be a word that would come up in conversation, and I'd be like, "What does that mean?" And she would say, "Look it up." Oh. And I always would because I hated feeling like I don't understand. Yeah, and, and so I feel like this is kind of the same way where the things they're taught in school at those ages, they're they're going to be more basic, but yeah. in conversation. With adults, sometimes you're going to hear words that are more advanced. Work-related words. Or, you know, what does that mean, Dad, when you're talking about some kind of technology or something? You know what I always did with my kids, too, is I was like you. I talked to them. We just had normal conversation. Yeah. And when there was a word in a sentence that they didn't understand, we broke the sentence down. And I said, sometimes in a sentence, you can figure out what the word means. Just by the beginning and the end. Yeah. yeah. Or breaking, like we've talked about before, breaking the word down. The actual word. Well, it's like extra ordinary. Do you know what ordinary means? You know what I mean? And like we would go through these little breaking things down. So I think both my kids have pretty good vocabulary because of that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And we did family dinners together. Like, you know me. Yeah. If you're not at the dinner table when dinner is like cooked and ready. Right. I'm like, all right, let's go now. Get out of here. It's time. (laughs) You know, and we always did family dinners together too. It was just me and Jacob and Rachel for the most part, you know, for for the better part of their lives when they were with Mm -hmm. me. But we always did it. We always sat together. We always hung out together. Yeah. We always... Your kids have good, very good vocabulary. and thank you. And that's a funny thing. When I think when you do that as a family... Yeah. They're more apt to be able to engage with older people too. It could be. And I also never did baby talk with my kids. And I don't, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just didn't. I don't really know how to do that. So yeah. I talked to them the way I'm talking to you right now when they were like one. Yeah. And they might not have understood me, but I feel like they That's started- the way they're going to talk when they get older. So we might as well talk. Right. I did a little bit of baby talk, but not. Just when they were babies, yeah, you know, yeah. when you're trying to get them to like smile at you or make these high pitched sounds, sure, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Which they'll pretty much smile at anything, so you just can <laughs> talk to them normal. You know, I would do uh, I would do this thing where when the kids would make a weird baby noise, I would go, "Really? You were doing that? <laughs> you talk to them like they're and having just a keep conversation, talk, and then they'll keep making that noise because oh, yeah. they feel like you understand. Uh-huh. So it was, that was fun. It, it, wouldn't you like to be like in the mind of your baby self? To, to see, see what they're what if they're, you're actual what the thought process is that'd be a cool oh it would that'd be cool it's like that um that movie look who's talking or oh, do you remember that one those, where the yeah. baby's voice is like in there yeah that <laughs> yeah. was a good one um and a, a little bit more information about you know eating dinner at the table with your family is it school age children are reaping benefits from that as well um Quality time together seems to improve grades, test scores, and it even increases their achievement levels in different sports and the arts. Wow. So, I mean, there's... It's support, probably. It's a support system. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's sharing, it's encouragement that you get at the dinner table, whatever it may be. Yeah. It, it, this is research that's been done. It's. Yep. I mean, it's factual. It's like, this isn't just us saying, oh, we think this is... This is research. Well, so. it's, it's the same thing as grades because part of what I read was that older kids who eat dinner with their families like five to seven times a week, they're twice as likely to get A's compared to kids who did the same thing less than twice a week. So think about that. Less than twice a week is almost not at all. Yeah. Um, and I know we're busy as parents, right? I mean, my kids are older, but yep. look, 
we live in a high paced society. Yep. And as parents, you want your kids to get A's. But what do we need to do as parents to help that along? We need to make sure it, this is showing. Yeah. Have those family dinners, even with your teenagers. Force them out. Yes. I know they go in the hole sometimes the in the room. Away. But the phone <laughs> We have that rule here. And what's yeah. great is, you know, we've had that rule. Oh, coffee's done. Coffee's done. <laughs> we've always had that rule. And, um, it, you know, I have to admit that once in a while, if I go to check an email or something, I love that my teenage daughter's like, I thought we don't do phones at the table. She does do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we try to make a um, a point of keeping them, keeping them away from yeah. the table unless we're looking something up. Like that's what um, Violet brought out that every once in a while they bring the phone out and yeah. she keeps all the phones away. Yeah. Right. Um, and if they are on a debate about something or some information and they got to Google it right. <laughs> to figure so who's out right. who's right or who's wrong. <laughs> but you know what I think would be a cool idea for families? You can make like a cool little docking station for the phones. Yeah. Like work, some um, workplaces have that yeah. where you're not allowed to touch your phone, but here's the little docking station where it's going to be nice and safe and nothing's yeah. going to happen to it. You could have like a little... Um, uh, a little calendar thing that hangs with everybody has their own little, little slot with their name or so something. Yeah, so they're not all, because you know me, I'd be like, my phone's going to get where's scratched. It, where's it at? Where's right. it at? <laughs> Something's going to happen to it. Right. Yeah, so that um, that's interesting about, you know, even older kids are benefiting from yeah. dinners with sure. the family. And I wanted to chat about some of the health benefits of it as well. Of course. Because I got to roll that right in during the holiday season. Nobody wants to talk about that, but, you know, we're going to talk about it. Um, So kids who eat regular family dinners, they also consume more fruits, veggies, vitamins, and the micronutrients that are needed to be healthy and happy. Because it's less about fast food, hurry and eat it. That's right. I mean, you're more likely to add some of those other elements into a family cooked or a home cooked meal. Sure. Right. So I liked that. Um, and teens who ate regular family meals are less likely to, to be obese as adults right. or even as teenagers. And they're more likely to take those habits into their adult life and be healthier adults. And make and probably cook their own meals and things. Yeah. So I thought that kind of went along with, um, with what, um, Violet does in her home, you know, the grandkids are involved in cooking and some people clean up. So they're seeing what it takes to put a meal together. Right. And, and you know, for yourself, for a large group, and they learn those skills. And that I think a lot of our kids are not learning those skills in and the kitchen now. You're probably right. And we take that for granted because I even took home ec when I was in school because I thought it was an easy A, truth mm-hmm. be told. But they did teach you how to cook some of the basic foods basic that when stuff. you first get into your first apartment, you know, you need to know how to do some of that yeah, stuff. Turn cook, an oven on. <laughs> you know, scramble an egg. Yeah. Cook some chicken, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You have to be able to sustain yourself. You but know? you know what's funny though? I'm not really funny, but you know, the kids and the young adults that get out that don't know how to do that, what do they eat? Fast food. Yes. You know, it's cheap and they don't have to make it if they don't know how to cook. And that sort of begins that cycle of an unhealthy life. Yeah, that is true. So that's interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, you guys, you'll be able to find all the links to um, the interview that we did today. It's sillyyaya.com. And I love her story about why she's called Silly Yaya. I do too. Um, and all her books can be found there as well. Yeah. I love how her stories are all based on her family. It's just so that great. That is amazing. It really is. Yeah. And the, the story about Unky Monkey Lives at the Zoo is the best story. Yeah. With her she did that book for her brother. I know. How amazing that is, is that? Amazing. And then just how the 
name of the book came about from one of her granddaughters. It's just well, the she book is, the book names are perfect. They I mean, are. It's, it, it, Kids it, love stuff like that too. It seems like it's just destined to be yeah. a massive hit. And I know she's on an upward slope with all this. Things are taking yeah. off, and she's been doing really well with it. But we wish her continued success. Of and we've communicated with her a little bit since the interview. And we're excited to have her in town for author events. So we're going to keep an eye out for yeah. local events. And uh, it'd be cool to go do an event and see her there doing the event of as course, well. Of course, of course. All right, guys. Well, that wraps it for the information station. We hope your holidays are great. The next time we will see you will be in 2020. Yes. Or talk to you. We can say see, right? Right. Whatever. Um, yeah, it'll be 2020 on our next um, podcast. So... We hope you're um, making your New Year's resolutions already, and maybe we'll ch- maybe we'll chat about that a little bit on the on the first episode of 2020. I can't believe it's going to be here already. So. I know, me neither. It's crazy. Um, and remember, if you like our show, please give us a rating. Review us would be even better. You can even put a smiley face. We don't care. Just, you know, communicate with us a little bit that way. Let us know how we're doing. And um, if you really love it, subscribe to our, our podcast. Also, you can give us a call anytime at 407-519-0515 if you have an idea for the show, if you want to be a guest on the show, or if you know someone that would be a good guest on the show. We're always looking for a good community call out. We're also looking for a way to help and promote local business, local artists, local charities. So again, 407-519-0515. If you want to leave a voicemail that you want us to play on the air, um, please let us know in the voicemail uh, because we just need your permission to play your voicemail on the air. You can always email us at feedback at fineanddangy.com. That's D-A-N-J-E-E.com. And we encourage you to go to our website at fineanddangy.com where you can find all of the information that we've ever listed in any of our episodes as well as pictures with us and all of our guests mm-hmm. and all the information that we've looked up for things like the information station. But otherwise, we want to remind you guys that at the end of the day, it's, it's all, all fine and dangy. dangy.